Yes. Well, that's what we're around. <laughs> right yeah. 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 So, did you I'm know not that so tall. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Make yourself comfortable. Let's start with, uh, how about some introductions? Um, we're here to talk today about IT and, and safely navigating through the digital world, particularly maybe during the holiday season. But uh, let's start with, since you guys are so often behind the scenes, let's talk about your identity. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Romero Garcia. I've uh, been with Granite Rock since 2018. And as far as the roles that I play with the IT team, I manage the uh, enterprise storage that we have, virtual infrastructure, uh, a lot of the email services, cloud integration, security awareness with no before, and patch management. Okay, so, so we're going to get into that security awareness mm-hmm. here in a little bit. James, go ahead. James Higgs, I'm the manager of infrastructure operations and security falls under my purview also. Um, so I manage the infrastructure team, which is his Romero and Rob, which everybody knows, and Michael. Um, so it's all the infrastructure pieces uh, to delivering data to everybody, secure, you know, and on a regular basis. And then operations is, you know, keeping the lights on. So you're the service desk and just operating uh, our environment to make sure it's uh, available for everybody. And how long have you been an official Granite Rocker? Official Granite Rock for three and a half months. And I've been in IT for 32 years. And and you were working with us on a consultant basis for a while. So you knew the Rock longer than three months. Yeah. So for about a year and a half, I was a consultant as an infrastructure architect. Good. Very interesting. Good. You you mentioned a couple of the key players for for you all, Rob Kay and, and Michael. Um, do you want to give us a little background on on the whole IT team to the best of your knowledge? Yeah, I will. Let's see how good I have it down after <laughs> three and a half months. So in the IT team, there's 17 uh, team members. Uh, we have data and analytics, with, which Jason Algar leads up. Um, and he has uh, Dylan and Cody that work with him. So they work primarily on data, data analytics and reporting and those things. So... Um, then we have business systems, which is Alan and Katie, Sean, and Ban, and they kind of they're the application support side of of IT, so Apex and any configuration changes and supporting those those yeah, uh, Apex platforms. Apex is a big change, isn't it? Yeah, Apex was a big change. Then we have operations, which is the service desk. So it's all basically keeping the lights on. We we make sure things are operating, monitoring them, errors come up, we make sure that they're surfaced and we fix those and it's all part of that. You call in, you get to the operations uh, team. And then there's infrastructure slash security. The infrastructure team plays currently two roles where we operate the infrastructure environment. That's, you know, you said your connectivity, your storage, and, and on the back end, all the computing that makes your applications run. And then the security side, which is your security awareness and then all the controls that need to be in place to help protect our data and our, our, our uh, team members. Very good. Um, so let's, let's jump into to the security that we wanted to talk about. And um, thinking about our audience, they're probably far and wide. Anything you guys have discovered that's unique about Granite Rock as far as the IT world, uniquely interesting and or uniquely challenging? Not uniquely. I think a lot of businesses have the same problems. You know, I was a consultant before this and 
can walk into somewhere and they say, how does, how does somebody do this? I'm like, well, they use the tools that they have in front of them and they solve it. And the same thing Granite Rock has been, you know, doing too. You, you're, everybody's working to solve business problems with what they have. So that's, it's pretty, pretty common. So I wouldn't say un- uniquely. I was just surprised that we still have faxes and that we still have, <laughs> you know, a need and use for those. So that was surprising. I'm sorry. What's wrong with that? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Just didn't know we still use What are you saying exactly? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about security. Tell the audience about security behind the scenes and tell the audience about security that they know and they're going to know more about. So behind the scenes, we have several systems that are helping us see things going on, helping us be proactive with, and then also in some cases having to react to things. So we probably have about 12 or 13 backend systems that are always looking for malicious intent um, of either data coming in or emails and we're trying to be proactive in stopping those things from happening, telling us that it has happened so that we can look into it further. So we have, we're constantly every day in the back end looking at screens and analytics around behavior. So we're always trying to say, if this happened over here and this happened over here, hey, does that mean some behavior? Somebody's trying something. So there's, We've introduced some of those things, like if somebody logs on from another country and they've logged on from the U.S., hey, this shouldn't happen, it flags it, and then so that way we can be on top of those things. So it's always we're looking for things and being as proactive as possible, but also being ready to react to four things, because for us it's not if you get hit by something, it's when and what we'll do. So we're always looking to practice those things. And we'll be looking to practice more of those things with the business next year also, so that not only does IT know how to do those things and react, but the business is involved in more of that. And so they know too. So we do a lot of that on the back end. And then on the front end, what I think everybody is seeing and we're getting better at, and we're going to continue to mature in next year is the making everybody aware of what we know as basic and if it impacts them making the connection of does it impact you at the business place and it can also impact you at home so how can we help protect you and your personal life and also here at granite rocks we take that view across all of those things and then try to interweave some i guess you say marketing things in there is like how many times do you do something how many different ways do you do that just to kind of just reinforce and then um, hopefully leave people with some really good information on how to protect themselves marketing internal communications yeah um that sort of thing uh and so i've got a silly quirky question just for me i get the emails for the main office at grand rock and i've been trying to watch for fishing expeditions, as it were. Can I hit the uh, fish button too many times? If if you got if it, if I hit the fish button, what happens? So yeah, it, it generates a ticket that gets sent over to us internally. Generates a ticket with the help desk. Help desk will triage it and then escalate. I will then review that and determine one: is it actually fish? And most of the times, it is fish. Other times, it could be a legit. Yes. request okay so that's what i'm asking mm-hmm. it, it, if you get a legit you'll open it underwater and make mm-hmm. sure that it doesn't go off mm-hmm. and then um you'll, you'll determine if it's yeah we do we do a little bit of internal research uh, we'll reach out to different parts of the the company to make our best judgment and um yeah we can 
you know, mark it for removal, block that sender if it is determined to be fish. And if it's not, then yeah, we'll definitely allow it and make sure that, you know, just clarify yeah. why. And, and so we, the great unwashed masses out there are, um, it's better to over, over push the definitely. fish button yeah. than under. Whenever, yeah, whenever in doubt, just click it, click the PAB fish alert button. Yes. And yeah, just send it on over. We'll take a look at it. Okay. Doesn't take too I'm long. I'm re- really rudimentary. Where's that fish button? How do we see it? What am I talking about? And Outlook, it's going to be in your, uh, when you have the message open, the one you want to report, it's going to be in your top right of the ribbon. Very good. It looks, it's got like a little hook. A little fish hook on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fish, PH fish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we were talking about concerts, but we don't need any fish fans here. No, I'm um, sorry. Never mind. And the biggest, one of the big features of that is once Romero flags that and we say identified as a fish, we then enter that into the back end system that nobody sees and then it now is blocking it for everybody. Mm-hmm. So if they don't report it, other people could get the same one and until it's reported, then we can now take action across it for the entire company. So I don't want to, I know you guys just put out, um, we're going to have a little exercise, cyber security awareness exercises. I don't want to steal the thunder from that, but um, do you want to touch on some of the things that we can look for for, for phishing emails? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm getting we, these things from main office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet they can be sophisticated enough that it causes me to pause. Yeah. So it's like, is that really a legit request from one of our contractor customers or from one of our vendors or something? Yeah. If one of the common things to look for is we put a banner on any email that's generated from outside. So one, if somebody's trying to fish you and act as somebody that's internal, that's one of your first key is like, oh, wait, this was sent from the outside. I think everybody saw that, hey, we've asked for your own personal email address because we want to start helping uh, not have any false positives by identifying that, yeah, you are who you are on the outside, but you are the same person inside. So by doing this activity, it'll help people, it'll help us not block legitimate emails people want. Another is, you know, if they're asking for money, they're wanting a quick response. And I'll generally tell people too, is like, hey, if you think it's legitimate and it's something you normally use, don't click on the link in the email, but maybe go up to Wells Fargo the way you normally would and log on. And is that there? Do you need to do something for your account? So I would, you know, recommend that they don't click on anything in that email. And if it's like, um, DocuSign or something you use, go sign in. And then if it's not there, you definitely know it's not legit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Along those lines, just paying attention to the sender addresses. You want to look for those fake domains. Yeah. You know, a lot of the misspelled ones, they're yeah. pretty clever. They If you hover over it, you might look right over it, but just take a second, second look. And, and yeah, just uh, another thing is, is, are you expecting that message? You know, right. is this somebody who you have correspondence with? Is it a brand new inquiry like in your cases you do get a lot of brand new you're you're caught in the middle of it yeah so it's hard for you to just kind of pop in the middle and say is this something that's ongoing so let's talk about some of the projects that you guys have uh, in the works um that you can talk about um because i know you're in this super secret society of, (laughs) of it um but yeah share some some projects you're working on things that you're excited about um would you like to see us? Uh, projects we're working on, is, and some of this will be coming out next year, 
um, will be increasing uh, where MFA is used. So right now, we did a limited rollout around email if it's ex accessed externally from uh, being connected to corporate. And then next year, we'll be rolling that more out more. It is a really good first line of defense to protecting yourself, your, your password. So if somebody does know your password, but that's required, they don't have that second factor, only you do. And so we will be increasing that use out there. VPN will be one of the ones being required. And then we'll continue to evaluate and see what's important to Granite Rock and what do we want to protect um, more than what we are now and, and use that as one of those those uh, controls for, for that. I think everybody sees all the downtimes we've been asking for for maintenance. Yeah. So we're improving um, the availability of how the network works on the on the back end. So it'll be the first time that it, the network makes decisions on its own when it sees a problem or uh, a connectivity issue. And then that foundation is going to allow us to start rolling that out to branches going forward so we can um, make sure people have connectivity and we can recover from that very quickly instead of sites possibly being down for you know hours at a time. Mm -hmm. So we're just finishing that up. Um, this is the last weekend, and so that project will be done. And um, so that's taking your, what's, what are your measures for that um, uptime there? Yeah, uptime, um, yeah, the amount of time services are available for everybody to connect to. So you can have an architecture to where you lose a device and then everybody loses connectivity, but the servers and applications are still running. You just can't connect to them. Okay. So what we've done is we've said, all the way to connecting out to the branches, if we were to lose a piece of equipment or a, a connectivity uh, in one direction, things will start auto, it'll start looking at that and saying, hey, let's, I can get them in over here on this path, or let's take another freeway, right? A freeway is closed down or there's an accident. Right. Let's take another way. And it's like your GPS rerouting you. So the, the network will start acting like that. It's gonna know something's happened and then make some decisions and then start telling everybody connect a different way. And so you have measures there, you're gonna achieve yes. your goals. Yes. You're up and to the right. Um, yes. Measures. Actually, we that was one of the tests. So a lot of that comes down to our ability to test what we implement. And so one of the tests this last weekend was we unplugged a complete device and then watched all the servers fail over and be operational within the split second. So we were able to see that happen as part of our testing to know that, all right, if we were to just pull the power on this and pull it out, everything still worked as intended. So we tested everything afterwards. And so... Yeah, so what we're deploying works, and it all comes down to our ability to test it and know what to test. So what are the biggest IT challenges? Cybersecurity, definitely. We will be working on a project to do what we call segmentation, which is to limit the radius in which an attack could impact something. So if you think about the bedrooms in your house, if something's happening or... Um, and you need to close your door, maybe there's smoke in one room and you close that door, then it limits its impact to travel through the rest of the house and contains it some for people to kind of, you know, get out. This is kind of the same thing that if we experience an attack um, on the network in a certain area, those boundaries, these segmentations we put in will not let it grow outside of that boundary, keeping everything else intact and why we work on mitigating what that issue might be. And so the number of things impacted aren't, are a lot fewer than everything being impacted. Good. Uh, I would say uh, 
connecting users to new features and enhancements. There's a lot of new stuff rolling out, especially for a construction company. We do use a lot of new technology that I, that's another surprising thing that I've, I've found since working here. You know, we have new technology rolling out all the time. You know, everyone's kind of, you know, used to working on how they work. And, you know, sometimes taking advantage of those new features and enhancements, we don't really take full advantage of it. Let's talk about everybody's favorite topic. You guys give me two cents on Mimecast. Um, Tell us why we love Mimecast. <laughs> um, it, Mimecast, it, it can help us out by, by uh, stopping these you know, malicious, these known malicious messages that they would s- slip through other systems. They allow you to review it before you actually release it into your inbox. And that's the big key thing right there is prior to you releasing a message, um, you definitely want to check out those key points that we pointed out earlier. You know, again, asking yourself, am I expecting this? Is this from a sender that I normally use or correspond with? Um, checking out the domain. Um, are they asking for anything? Just checking out those things before you hit that release button because that's the area to really make the, the determination on is this fish or not or is this spam? It also st- stops a lot of spam. That's annoying. To me, that's the big thing that right. that I enjoy with it. Can you define the difference between spam and fish? Yeah. Um, so spam other tends... Other than how, how you make sushi in, in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm sorry. <that's> a, <laughs> yeah, so spam... You know, it, it tends to be generally harmless. You know, it's just a sales uh, message or, you know, service. They're advertising a service of some sort. And, you know, it really just will fill up your inbox, if anything. Um, you know, just block those as needed. And everyone can block their own spammers. You know, not everyone receives the same spam. We can all block our own unique spam. And uh, where's fish? Fish is going to be uh, a message that, is going to provide you a, a sense of urgency to provide them with a you know information. Yeah. Um, oftentimes they'll pose as a legitimate entity, and they're very manipulative, persuasive, and you know they just want information overall. And you'd be surprised what people can do. You know, the wrong people with the right information can do a lot. Right. Yes, so, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah, and the fish techniques are evolving more. So now they're doing what we call, they're using two double tactics. So they're now delivering malware using fish uh, phishing schemes also. So trying to get you to click on something and then something executes inside that then all of your files and encrypts them. It's like for ransomware. They want then to, they'll tell you, hey, for a million dollars, we'll give you the key to unlock your data. Yeah. Right. So we, they've seen an uptick in phishing being used to deliver malicious software. All right. Um, we are here doing our, our podcast in, in the holiday season. Any special uh, things you would like to share with us about holiday IT security? Yeah, everybody's going to be getting new devices and new systems. Make sure you get those things up to date as soon as possible. Patch them, latest operating system. Use reputable sites. Don't use new sites to go new purchases that you've never used before. A lot of scammers putting up sites out there to try to get to put you to put in your information so that they can get your credit card and or all your um, personal information. Pay attention to your emails. We talked about phishing. 
practice social media restraint. A lot of things come up through social media this time of year too. They can use that those same platforms, just like they use your email for phishing, to get that fish content to you to get you to, to click on something that you don't want to click on. And this time of year, charitable scams happen a lot, and people fall for those. And then keep an eye on your bank account. I would say do uh, you know um, reconcile your account more often because this time of year you're shopping at more places and have more activity than you normally would. It's a great time for them to get some charges in there that you just think are part of your own. So that would be some of the advice I'd say. And I'm I'm asking for a friend, actually the wife of a friend. You you touched on um, the latest operating system and making sure that you update regularly. Um, can you just reiterate how important that is? Yes, keeping your systems up to date is critical. Actually, I was doing some research last week around just construction, and they, in one of the research published by Palo Alto Networks, a security firm, showed that they saw an uptick even with construction uh, in that industry of those companies being compromised because they don't patch enough because they have old software. It might not work with newer operating systems if you patch it. So they do see an uptick when you aren't keeping things patched up to date. And um, by patching, you're getting all the new critical updates that help prevent security issues that the people that are sending you fish to your personal email box are relying on you not patching so that then if they try to get malicious software on your computer, you're not patched and now they can get in. So patching monthly, I recommend definitely try to keep on top of that. We have what we call Patch Tuesday. Microsoft does too. The second Tuesday of every month, Microsoft releases all their patches. And if you're kind of patching that first weekend in your home and getting your systems up to date, you'll be, you'll be pretty secure. Good. Very mm-hmm. good advice. Uh, upcoming programs and, and things that you'd like to tell the group about? What's coming next? Uh, we'll be uh, refreshing the uh, posters that we placed out there last year. Look out for those at your, at your local branch. And, okay. um, oh, yeah, you have one there. Oh, you have them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I'm fully prepared. You're fully prepared. <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh, do you want to say something about this one in particular? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, we don't have quite a strong policy that enforces this, but, you know, making a strong password is definitely going to give your account, you know, it's going to protect your account a lot better than not having a strong password, you know. So I would say 12 characters at least. 12 characters and? and Uh, You want to make it complex, you know, but memorable. So I tell you, the longer is better than complex. Yeah. Because machines that try to crack passwords, they can still crack a complex 10-character versus a 21-character phrase because it's longer. So it takes longer. So I tell people, like, what do I do is I will make my password at that time. What am I reading? What am I eating? And what's the year or the month? And then it's a phrase, and it's long, 21 characters. And all I have to remember is what was I reading that time and what was I eating that for lunch that day, right? So it's very random but easy to memorize. Or if it's like, you know, my granddaughter's, you know, birth date is December. That is long but super easy for somebody to remember if it's your own password. But it's Mm -hmm. long. So the longer it is, the more secure it is. And also don't reuse your password everywhere. Because once they have it for one place, they now have it for everywhere else that you use that password. Okay. 
So there are some password management software out there that you can even get for it's free for personal use, like LastPass. It helps you manage your passwords and it plugs into your browser. Um, so, and it'll even help you generate just random passwords. So you only have to remember one complex long password for your password manager, and then it can then help you manage all your other passwords to make sure they're each unique you know, going forward. So that's a good habit to kind of get. That's what I've been doing for many years. Well, thank you, uh, folks, for a little look behind the scenes in the IT department. Yeah, and have a, have a good holiday, too. And uh, enjoy all the new toys that you get for Christmas. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen.